Heather and Joe Costley, and uh, we're excited to share what God's done in our life. And it's really a two-part uh, testimony that we have today. Uh, the first part, um, we uh, started a journey about, we'll be married in seven years in May, and about six years ago, pretty close to the week, uh, we started the process to actively try to get pregnant. Uh, we'd been married almost a year. I had it all planned out. We're going to be married one year, then we're going to start. She got off birth control, and I had it pretty much planned out uh, the way I thought it needed to go, and and obviously God had other plans, and he uh, taught me that, you know, it is not your timing, but mine. And so I figured that out about a couple years in or so, and then I said, okay, now do it. You've taught me, I figured it out, now I'm ready for you to go ahead and, and get this done. And, and it was humbling, it was. So, all together, um, five years passed of nothing. In that time, uh, we, we left the church that we were going to, the church that I grew up uh, going to, and so that was a hard transition, but God was calling us to a place down in uh, Bentonville, Arkansas, and a little bitty church down there, and, and we got invited by a couple of friends of ours, and we went, and we learned so much. We learned what it means to speak life. We were asking God for life is what we were asking God for. And we had to learn uh, we didn't speak it. And so uh, one of the things uh, why we chose Oakton when we started coming here is because we wanted to find a church that was spirit-filled and truly knew what it meant to speak that life and the power of life and death in the tongue. And uh, we visited for quite a while. And then finally, Pastor Kent and I had lunch, and he said, I really think that you know where you're supposed to be because you keep coming back. And it was true. And it wasn't long after that when we, we uh, you know, brought our membership here. But there's some scripture that I want to share with you. And we've all read it. We've all heard these scriptures. I promise you, if you've been in the Word at all or, or been in church very long, you've heard these same scriptures. Uh, but do we put it... Uh, into action? Do we stand on these words? And for the first one I already referenced, and that's Proverbs 18.21. And you guys know that. It says the power of life and death is held in the tongue. But the next one that I want to read to you is uh, John 14, 13, and 14. And I know that you guys have heard this before. I know that this is not something that uh, is new to you. But I want to read these to you and then explain how it came in context in our life. So Jesus is talking and he said, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the father may be glorified in the son. You may ask for me anything in my name and I will do it. Now, I am so thankful that God did not grant me all the wishes in my younger youth because I would be in a mess of my own doing. But going to the next scripture, it's 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have, we ask of him. And I'm going to go to one more verse, and that's James 1, 6. 
And this is what I would call probably one of our life verses. It has been written on a chalkboard in our kitchen for years. Uh, About the time we started learning what it meant to stand on God's word and apply it into our life. And that is uh, James 1.6. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. And I, that verse stood out to me. heard it many times. Uh, we were in a church visiting family in Oklahoma. And I don't know what the preacher was talking about. But it had to have been in James. Because this verse hit me like a ton of bricks. Because I, we were a couple years in uh, to this struggle of infertility. And I had prayed, we had prayed, and we, or I kind of started to doubt. And I started to believe a lie of the enemy. And that lie is that my past sins of my worldly life are coming in now and is why we can't have a baby. And that was a lie of Satan himself. And when I heard that, like, that's me. I've been doubting. I'm asking for this life, but yet I doubt. How dare I expect anything to come up? How can I expect to reap a harvest of plants and of of crop I have not sown? So moving on. Uh, we learned a lot of this. We learned about speaking life and, and standing on God's word and truly knowing without a doubt that it is to be. A good friend of ours, that one of the people that invited us down to that church, and we, we, we drove down there for two years before we started coming to Oakton because we grew so much and we learned and, 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 it, and God was moving in such a way and the Holy Spirit in our life. And she gave us this magnet it's an old magnet. On the back it says 1999, but it references 1 Samuel 1.27. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I ask of him. And she said, you put it on that fridge, and every time you open that fridge, you declare it in your life. So that's what we did. It's, it was there up until I took it off to bring it here, and it'll probably go back. But that... It leads us to the second part of our testimony. First part, we had to learn what it meant to speak that life. The second part is, um, we had looked into to IVF before, but it was very expensive. And uh, when we looked into it before, we, it, wasn't, it just wasn't right, and we didn't do it. Um, but in fall of 2018, I received a phone call of, from God providing a way. So what do we just sing? God will make a way so I'm not afraid, right? God made a way in, a, in, in such a way that it had been coming about for months, uh, probably years. And I received a phone call letting me know that if we chose to, that in vitro or IVF would be a possibility financially. And, and if you don't know, it's extremely expensive and so before it just wasn't an option uh we know we had savings and and we tried but it just wasn't there yet and uh obviously we had already been talking about it you know and we through this time we decided to be foster parents and uh, when we came here shortly after we came here we had two little boys with us uh there were little high needs if you remember them so we were already foster parents 
And, uh, but we decided, yes, we want to go through with this. So we started in December of 2018 when we chose to go up to Kansas City. And uh, we started the process. And, and really, for the men, it's easy. You don't do much. Uh, but for the women, it is extremely uh, difficult to do this. And we had no idea. We'd heard of people doing it, but we didn't really know what it meant. And uh, what we found out was after the testing that we knew my numbers were low, but what we didn't know is that Heather's numbers were low also. And uh, so that means right off the bat, they had to, uh, we had no other option according to them. Uh, But, you know, there's other different things that aren't as invasive as IVF, but uh, they said those were out for us. And, and. So we jumped in, we dove in, and Heather started taking all this medicine and, and the shots and, and uh, everything it took. And here in just a little bit, we're going to show you a picture of all the needles that Heather had to inject just to get her body to be prepared for that cycle and the eggs dropping and all that. And we went up for our first, uh, well, Heather's first, like I said, the guys don't do nothing. We just stand there. Uh, but... Heather had to go for her first egg retrieval, and, and it's a full-blown surgery to where uh, she's get, she is put out, uh, you know, put under and everything. And that was on February 14th of 2019, so Valentine's Day. And uh, we were pretty excited, not the highest numbers, but uh, they ended up getting 13 eggs. Six of them were mature enough and three of them fertilized. We're thinking that's not bad. For as low a numbers as we had, that's not bad. Um, well, what we didn't, we'd told, been told this, but I probably didn't listen. You got to wait five days, five days for those uh, eggs that are fertilized to grow before they will implant one. Uh, so we're going along and, and the five days passes and we are literally on our way to Kansas City for our first uh, transfer thinking that, hey, she's about to become pregnant. Um, unfortunately we had to do a U-turn because we got a phone call saying none of them made it. And normally at this time is whenever you would have a frozen one that they would bring in and transfer that one. But we didn't because none of them made it. And so I had to choose, we had to choose what to do next. And, I, and God kind of works things out in mysterious ways. We all know that. We're all believers. We know that. But I had an issue with frozen fertilized eggs. I, I, I just... It wasn't setting well in my gut for some reason. Uh, because I believe that life happens as soon as those two connect. That's life. And so I had a problem with thinking I had children frozen in a tube. I know that's very literal, but that's how I kind of my, my mind worked. And so we didn't have any. Heather decided... Whenever, the purchase, whenever we purchased the, the set or the, the plan that we were going to do, we paid for two rounds of this. And, but that meant everything that Heather had gone through up until now was null and void. She had to do it all over again. And just, even though we had paid for that, just the medicine and the shots alone was over $6,000 just to start over. And so we did, and, and God provided, and this is uh, many levels of a testimony. Heather went right back into it. Uh, she did the shots. She did everything. And on April 5th, 
we went for the second egg retrieval. This time, they only got nine, and that was discouraging. First time, we got 13, and none of them made it. And this time, they only got nine. But five were mature enough, and four of her eggs fertilized. So, five-day waiting game again. We waited the five days. We were on our way back up uh, to Kansas City, and we were like, well, we haven't called and and so I we made I made the comment I'm I'm driving north <laughs> I'm gonna keep going, and we get there and we find out that we have one, we had one egg that fertilized that was still growing in a five day period, and uh, if you know anybody in, that's gone through IVF most of the time there's a lot of transfers there's a lot of the first one doesn't always take. But we knew that we had prayed for one chance because when we went up, if we started to go up the first time and we had to get turned around, that was very discouraging. And we prayed for one. So the first service, I didn't cry at all, you know. (laughs) But now that I look at this beautiful baby boy, that one is who you see here now. And if, if you'll put that picture up, you're going to see. So science had a lot to play here. Science is great and all, but it took God to put that life into that. And we got up there, and, and the doctor, he was very good. Uh, you could tell he, maybe him and I weren't on the same page in our beliefs uh, and his terminology, but... He was a good doctor, and he didn't like the placement at first. And so he told that embryologist, start over. And you can't see nothing. It's pretty much just a little tiny tube. Um, he, you know, I'm just watching a black and white screen, and <laughs> i got to quit looking over there. He, he started over, and he was, uh, because he knew we only had one chance. And uh, he made sure that it was placed just right where he wanted it, and then the waiting game uh, continued. I can't remember how many weeks, but Heather had to, yeah, seven days had to go up for a blood uh, uh, pregnancy test, you know. And, and they kept saying, yep, it's still growing. Your numbers are good. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. And, and that is uh, how Asher came about. Asher Jonathan Costler was born December 23rd of 2019 we got to come home on christmas last year and so i know the last part i want to talk about is i know that it's easy for me to stand up here on this side of it so what i want to encourage you with is if you've asked god for something if you feel like there is something that god is yet to do in your life i need you to dig in the word Don't look to anybody else but to God. Dig in the Word. Find those promises. If you were here last week, Pastor Jim's sermon was spot on. We need to be declaring those things in our life. We don't have this baby here because we have more faith than anybody. But I can promise you that if we didn't have the faith we do, we wouldn't be here. And I give God complete glory for that. So I encourage you. If there is anything that you have asked God for that has not been fulfilled, you need to be digging in his word. 
living in those scriptures and putting them in, speaking them into your life. Got anything? Thank you, guys. Awesome, awesome job, Joe and Heather. Uh, you guys, that's powerful testimony about God's power and uh, faithfulness. Um, my name's Taylor Overman. This is my wife, Brooke Overman. We got a two-and-a-half-year-old boy, Rhett, and uh, one on the way in April. So uh, she wants to say a few words and go sit down because she's terrified. So. I don't know how we can beat your guys' I'm already emotional about it. Um, I'm emotional anyways, but this is not something I do. Absolutely not. So just bear with me as I cry. Um, Reading the Awakening book um, really got me out of my comfort zone this past month, um, like this. And um, at the beginning of the month, I found myself being called to pray at the altar with somebody, which I just feel, I don't know, I just never felt like I'd been led to do that. And then I got asked to be on a prayer team this morning, and that's nothing I would ever usually get asked to do um, or feel comfortable doing. Um, Those things still terrify me, but um, I feel like through this process of fasting and just praying more to God throughout the day than I normally would um, have opened up these opportunities, and um, like I said, this is not something I'd usually do, so um, I'm just going to sit down, but um, uh, if you have not read this book, even though you know, our 20 days or 21 days are over, I'd say still go for it. I mean, I plan on still, you know, making sure I'm praying more than I had been, and you know, more opportunities would come up, and I mean, these aren't you know, substantial opportunities like Joe and Heather had, you know, you know, finally being able to get pregnant. But I mean, God works in the ways that he wants your life to work. So me just, you know, praying with people or getting up here to talk is what he's wanting me to do. So that's what has happened to me through this process. So I'll let my husband ramble. (laughs) Exactly right. Love you. Well, I'm, I'm done, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I got two guys, two hard ones to follow. But uh, no, we've been going here since we got married in uh, 2015, and uh, we're you know getting more dialed in to the church. You know, we're kind of finding our place. Um, um, so I'm going to start like way back, and then we'll get back to the fasting part of it. You know, the last 21 days, like way back, is in like five year old me, like little guy, shy little dude that would not talk to anybody. I'm assuming I've heard teachers thought I was weird because I didn't talk very much, I think. So, but anyway, um, little guy upstairs in GJ or, uh, adventure kids. Now, uh, I don't remember much about that age. I don't remember much about elementary school. Brooke can tell you exactly what happened, you know, this time in third grade, probably. Uh, but I don't remember much like that, but I do remember the day I got saved. Um, I'll never forget Jojo Compton leading a group of us in the far back room, uh, you know, saying the prayer of salvation. I'll never forget that day. And then later that next year, getting baptized by Pastor Larry and Karen Crockett's swimming pool. You know, I was a little, little guy, five years old. I think back now, I wonder, like, did I know what was happening? Did I know what was going on? I mean, I knew I accepted Jesus and, you know, I grew up in church and uh, got a good set of parents that instilled that in me. And then I try, we're trying to do the same with Rhett. 
But, you know, I wonder, you know, did, did I even know what was happening? Uh, I've lived the best life for Christ I could the last 23 years. Um, I found me a good wife. So young guys and gals, find you a wife or a husband that'll push you to be a better person in Christ. I mean, some days, you know, I woke up when we first got married. Uh, you know, I didn't really, oh, you know, we'll, we'll go next week. Or so well, there was a time we were going to her church. She grew up in the Catholic church. We'd go to eight o'clock service, then go to her church and, you know, come back for something that evening. So we were getting a lot of church, but we got really plugged in here. And I think I'm thankful for that because it drew us a lot closer than we were. But, you know, I did the whole church thing. I went to church like you're supposed to, youth group, you know, everything. However, there's times when my faith got a little stale, you know, um, my teenage years, I wasn't running from God, but I wasn't running towards Him either. I was just kind of there. I was doing what you're supposed to do. Um, fast forward to today, you know, we uh, help in ch- children's church once a month. We uh, attend some young married adult, you know, small groups, Bible studies and stuff like that. Uh, I've had a chance to teach a couple Sunday school classes over the last few years. Um, we try to be involved with everything. She helps with VBS every summer. Uh, but now we're gonna, I'm gonna move on to the fast now. So fast forward to the fast for the last 21 days. When Kent first mentioned this, uh, I knew, I, I knew I wanted to be a part of it instantly. Last year, mom took, my mom wanted to take us on a cruise and I'm not a beach body kind of guy. So I fast, did some intermittent fasting and, you know, lost a little weight and, well, 40 pounds to be exact. But, uh, you know, I'd go, I went like three days without eating one time. Uh, I felt pretty good. You know, I still had plenty of energy. But uh, when he said that, you know, I'm like, I, I'm like, well, I've been bulking since Thanksgiving, so I could probably stand to lose a little weight anyway. So not, you know, not for the, just the spiritual side of it, but the physical too. But I also believe God was calling me to do this, you know, and uh, my wife, she can't fast food because she's pregnant. So we had to think of something else, but we fasted, uh, well, <laughs> we tried, my uh, son had a little... Every night, he wouldn't let us do this. We tried to go to bed at the same time, you know, with no phones, put our phones away, go to bed at the same time. Maybe we did that twice. My son doesn't sleep, go to sleep very easily, so I'm in the recliner. We're watching Gold Rush or something, and Brooke's going to sleep. Well, but anyway, um, the couple times we did it, we had a good day the next day, I guess. But, you know, I'm hoping maybe next year we can get, or after this baby's out, we can do something together even again. But, uh so, uh, babies, we have the baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, God, I think God was calling me to do this. Uh, I like how Jesus talked in parables. I, I like to give stories and parables to the kids. So I, I felt like my faith at sometimes is like a bag of chips that's been opened for too long. You know, you, you, they still taste like chips. They're still, you know, I'm going to eat them still, but they're just like not crunchy anymore. They're stale, you know, or like uh, a good example for my wife. She hates stale pop. You know, if you put it in the fridge for too long, it's just syrup. Well, I mean, like I said, I'll still drink it. She won't, but it's just a little stale, you know. Um, so Revelations three fifteen and 16 says, I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. So that made me think, uh, how many like lukewarm coffee? You see, how, how many like hot coffee? And how many is kind of different than like cold coffee? I think that's a thing, iced coffee. I mean, lukewarm coffee or like lukewarm milk, and you know, either hot or cold. You know, so God doesn't want us to be lukewarm. He'll spit us out. You know, so I don't want to be lukewarm in my faith. So I decided to do the, the fast. I did 21 hour fasts. You know, of food. You know, I was trying to think of what I could do. So I'm like, I'll just won't eat for 21 hours. And at noon, I would pray and read the Bible every day. Um, then the next second week, 
But the next Sunday, my family wanted to go get chicken. So I had a week of fasting. I'm like, let's go get some chicken. So I fasted social media that day, and I felt really good too, um, just not being on my phone so much. Uh, I think we could all probably do a little bit of that. But um, then the next week, I did a couple 42-hour fasts. And uh, my wife can probably attest I got a little hangry at the end of the day on the uh, second day. Um, I, I apologize for that. But, uh, so, but also, I missed a day or two from the reading, had to play catch-up. And, uh, but I still fasted and prayed every day. So some cool facts about my fasting experience. I, I said I, I wrote down I lost 13 pounds, but I actually lost 16 pounds and ate about three pounds of chips at Del Rio's last night. So <laughs> we'll say 13. Um, I built a closet for my son's new room. We got having another baby, so we had to move him to a different room. So I, you know, framed, drywalled, paint, all that stuff. I've never done anything like that, but it's amazing what you can do when you're not focused on eating. You know, just, you know, what am I going to do for lunch? Ooh, I got to make a lunch. Ooh, dinner sounds good. Breakfast. Ooh, we got to eat breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day. Well, if I just, when I just got up and just went to work, I actually got something done, you know? So that, that's, that's, that's another aspect of it. Um, I've rowed 50 miles on a rowing machine in one month. We were doing a challenge at the, my, the gym we go to, Barton County Strength Club. That's a shameless plug there. But uh, in Lamar. Uh, so we're doing 100 miles in two weeks or two months, which is a lot of miles. It's 160,000 meters or like 400 some thousand feet for us English people. But... Um, so it's a, it's a long, it's, it was like a couple hours, you know, an hour of rowing a day, and I was worn out, and I wasn't eating, but I still had plenty of energy. But also the coolest thing physically, I haven't had a drop of alcohol since we started this, and I feel pretty good. I mean, I'm not, I wasn't a heavy drinker when I started, but I mean, I'd have a little bit, but that's the longest I've went in a long time without drinking anything. So praise God for that. Uh, so it's been a good week, three weeks spiritually, or physically and spiritually. Um, there's been three things that I've been praying about personally. Um, the first one was our farm. Uh, you might know a few years ago we had some trouble, struggles. We were literally one day from, away from foreclosure, and God stepped in and uh, you know did what he, do, he did what he does and say you know I we gave it to him and he we we didn't do anything. He he did everything to help get us out of that situation, and he we're making leaps and bounds. To improve our situation, but I've been praying for guidance and wisdom on that, you know, on that aspect, you know, as far as the business and everything. And three, you know, a lot can happen in three weeks. When we we don't have all the answers, but I mean, every day seems to be getting better. The second thing was the church. You know, Pastor Kent, I mean, we're, uh, we're called to pay off this church. We're, pay, we're called to pay off this building. Um, I had a, I wrote in the journal like the book told you to. I was a good little boy, but I wrote. I believe the Holy Spirit was telling me this. God is asking us to pay off the church debt so that we may be free to bless thousands more than we reach now. Now is the time for Oakton to branch out farther than we can even imagine, north, south, east, and west. Our only limitations are the ones that we give ourselves. For, for nothing is impossible with God as our sole provider. Lean into Him. So, I, I mean, that obviously wasn't my words. That was God telling me to write that, I believe. Um... You know, the debt that we have, it's a, it's a lofty goal, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars, but um, maybe some of us can see it as a mountain. But what did Jesus say about mountains in Matthew seventeen twenty? He replied, because you have so little faith, I tell you the truth. If you have a faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible to you. Then in the footnotes of my Bible, I have an NIV Bible. It says that some manuscripts for verse 21 says, but this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. 
So, so if you want to move a mountain, pray and fast. It's, pre, it's pretty simple. So I don't know about you, but I'm not going to limit God by not having enough faith. God answers our prayers just like Joe and Heather. He is never late, and his solution is always perfect. We just need more faith and to pray bigger, which is what I wrote the, second, or the, th- the fourth day. The only limits God has are the limits we put on him when we ask for, for too little or have too little faith. The third thing I was praying for was to God to give me opportunities to serve him more. This is, I guess that's why I'm here. You know how I said a couple, you know, I taught a couple Sunday school lessons. Well, the week before Pastor Larry asked me to do my first Sunday school lesson, which I never even considered doing one. I, uh, I can't remember if I went to the altar. I think I prayed back in my seat. I asked God to use me. He used me and I was blessed. I led a few weeks, you know, round of Sunday school. The second time that I asked God, which was a few months later, I asked God, God, if there's something you want me to do in the church, let it be done. Literally 15 minutes after Kent was done preaching, I turned around to shake Todd Robertson's hand. He said, hey, Taylor, you want to uh, speak at the men's breakfast this Saturday? I'm like, okay, sure. And I was blessed by it. But that was another God thing. The next, then a few months later that next year, uh, I asked again, God, if there's something you want me to do, let it be done. Pastor Larry called me the next week, wanted me to do another Sunday school lesson. So I'm like, okay. So if you want God, if you want an opportunity to serve God and further his kingdom, all you've got to do is ask. God, I mean, God's waiting on us. We don't have to be perfect. Like Joe said, we don't have to be perfect. We just have to start. So that's, that's what I'm challenging you guys. Just start somewhere. Do something to further his kingdom. You don't, I mean, I'm a sinner just like anybody else here. And I just started, you know, I just asked him what he wants me to do. So after praying and fasting the first week for him to use me once again, probably the coolest thing in my life happened last Sunday. On Saturday, Giselle emailed us a lesson for Adventure Kids. It was titled, All Hail the King, the True King. It was the final week of a series that she'd been doing for uh, talking about kings in the Bible. And we were going to finish up talking about how God's the true king and that, you know, we can be princes and princesses of the true king if we want to. So at the end of the lesson, as I was reading, I noticed I was going to get to ask if any of the kids wanted to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, which I had never done that in GJ. You know, I, I, I went through GJ growing up, um, but as soon as I read that, I got goosebumps. Because after being a Christian for 23 years, going through every stage the church has to offer, you know, GJ, youth, dry gulch, BBS, Sunday schools, Tuesday camps. I was there the first year they did that. Um, now onto the young adult groups. Um, you know, I used to bring friends to church. I've stood by them as they accepted Christ with, you know, other people or at specials or stuff like that. Um, I even got a buddy to come to church just by how I acted. Like I didn't even talk to him. And he told my dad a few years later, he came to church and youth group just because he saw how I acted in in school and, um, by my example. And I thought that was, that really blessed me because I didn't even think about asking him then, of course, but God works in mysterious ways. After doing all that and being a Christian for so long, I realized something last week. I had never led someone to Christ by directly praying with them. Um, That hit me pretty hard. I've been, you know, been a Christian so long. I wasn't guilty or condemned. I just maybe thought maybe my focus hasn't been quite right over all these years. Uh, Maybe I've been stale in my faith too long. So long story short-ish, things finally came full circle for me here in church. Sunday morning comes, you know, I'm I'm pumped up. You You can ask Brooke, I love... I love being with those kids, you know, seeing their eyes light up when they when we get into the word, you know, doing the lessons, playing the games. Um, yeah, they're crazy and rambunctious, 
they hold onto my shoulder arm and I got to raise them above my shoulder. Um, I'll probably have to have shoulder surgery because of them, but it's worth it because I I love giving kids joy. I want my son and my future son to, uh, you know, I want them to have the same experience I did in this church, you know, and grow and experience God like I did. So I want to keep the children's church running up there or wherever we decide to take it. Um, so anyway, at the end of the lesson, we split off from their snacks and lesson groups. We do younger and older kids. So after all said and done, there's probably 10 after I asked them if they wanted to save or get saved, you know, asked Jesus into their heart. 10 of them raised their hands, but after the end of it, you know, some of them were pretty little, but there was one, you know, young, really young kid and a couple of them, you know, the five, little five-year-old, little five-year-old me, same situation. Five of them came up and said that they accepted Christ. And that, that was truly the coolest moment of my life to be able to do that. Um, so I asked and prayed and fasted for God to use me, and he used me more than he ever had. I dug in deeper than I had ever before, and I was able to further his kingdom and be blessed by it. It was all in God's perfect timing. I plan on continuing to fast and kind of make it a lifestyle. I mean, I might not do it every day, but just to kind of, in the book, he said he kind of gets a refresher, you know, every few months he does, you know, multi-day fast or whatever, just to get more in tune with God. And I've got a little more weight I could probably lose. So um, I want to bulk up in my faith and lose some physical, my physical self. Uh, I'll end with a couple more things. God has big plans for each of us at Oakton, and I hope we can get on board and become unified to the growth of the church and God's kingdom. Let's not be stale chips and stale in our faith. Let's be full of life and be a light that people can run to in their darkest times. Let's continue to pray for the building debt and get that out of the way so our focus can be on growth. Not by our will or not for us, but for God's. Not, by, not for Pastor Kent, but for God's glory. Mark 6, 5-6 through 6 says, He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. And he was talking about his hometown, his home people. They, had, they didn't have enough faith. He couldn't perform miracles there. So if we want God to perform miracles in this church, we have to have enough faith. Just like Joe and Heather did. They had faith. And look, look, look at the little boy they're blessed with. So I'm going to read the last day of the Awakening book and be done. Fasting and prayer are essential to receiving a clear vision for God's specific path for our lives. Many times after a season of prayer and fasting, we have a more defined understanding of the part we play in the body of Christ, as well as a greater sense of our particular spiritual giftings. We learn a lot from observing the circumstances surrounding the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. Notice in Luke 4, he went into the desert full of the Holy Spirit. However, he returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. Being full of the Spirit is to know God and His character. Walking in the power of the Spirit is when we know that we have the God-given strength and authority in our lives to walk out His will. The power of the Spirit is essential for us to accomplish the assignment God has for us. God could be leading you to fast so that you can receive His specific instructions for your life. He will equip you not just to know Him, but to walk in His power to accomplish what He has called you to do. Thank you.